Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve. My co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Hello, everyone. And tonight, we are going to be discussing wrestling in the United Kingdom and Ireland. And the reason why is because when I was looking at our stats, I have noticed that we apparently have quite a few listeners in the U.K., And so to recognize all of those listeners, we want to discuss wrestling from the U.K. and with the Ireland in there as well uh, because it is uh, so close by. And we are going to keep all political discussions out of this uh, for a lot of reasons because that's part of our policy anyway. And and so, Kyle – did you discover anything interesting in your research? What I, I discovered this week was I am actually trained in catch wrestling through a school that has featured Josh Barnett here in America. And I, not that I was shocked, but it had actually traced that far back. And yes. To the the lineage, you can appreciate the lineage of British wrestling. Oh, absolutely. You know, so that is, we decided on this topic, and it's actually one I've been thinking about for a little bit, and finally you have the, uh, the chance to actually do it. But... Before we get started, I do want to give our contact and listening info. And if you want to call in during the live broadcast, it's area code 319-527-6089. Please keep it family friendly. If you want to email us, give us any kind of critique, give us some ideas, anything at all, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. We're on Twitter, at Booking Armchair. We do have a YouTube channel. It's pretty threadbare right now, but we're hoping to add more in the future. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Just do a search for Armchair Booking. We should be the only one to pop up. So, Kyle, have I forgotten anything? No, I think you covered all the contacts and how to reach us. All right, cool. And... And another thing before we get started, uh, there's actually a little bit of news going on in the wrestling world this week. Uh, first thing was about 20 minutes after we ended last week with, with our episode about The Miz. Well, what happened, Kyle? Shockingly, a WWE title changed hands on Monday Night Raw, and Bobby Lashley became just the third African-American WWE champion. And that is a shame, too, because there's been a lot of lot of talented African-American wrestlers that have been in the WWE. You know, but I think Bobby Lashley is very deserving. Um, I've always liked Bobby Lashley, especially when I found out he's a former Army Ranger. So he is legit. Uh, he's got the look. He was the one, the one that Conrad Thompson said... If they were 
you're going to have a picture in the Webster's Dictionary of a professional wrestler, it would be Bobby Lashley. His uh, his body style has not changed from the moment he started wrestling, and he's what? He's your age. Is he my age? I'm going to have to look that up now. I mean, I know I knew he's got to be at least forty. I knew he's got to be at least your age, but so that. The shape and physical condition that he's in, and he's legit, and that he uh, he's able to maintain what he what he's done. A company guy. That Lana storyline was one of the worst things they've put on television. Oh, that that one was just bad. <laughs> that was so horrible. Oh, by the way, and, he's forty four. So he's right in the middle of both of them. Right in the middle. Yep. But forty-four, he he's in incredible shape for forty-four. Oh yeah, he is. And he'd be in incredible shape for twenty-four. Yeah. And and the interesting thing as we continue with the podcast is to see how this changes WrestleMania. That is true. And he and the Miz just had another match, and, you know, surprise, surprise, he went over. And, you know, so he still retains the title because he said he's going to be defending the title at WrestleMania. I think that's a good idea. I don't know who he's going to defend it against. I mean, you have any any inklings? I truly think it will be Brock Lesnar. Even though he hasn't signed a contract yet? He has not signed a contract, but it, it's something that, you know, Vince, he, he's going to go for star power. And for whatever reason, outside of Roman Reigns, he has not booked current talent the way he could with all these superstars that are coming back. And I don't think he will here. Well, I think that having that um, Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, I think that would be a must-see match. You know, so because you, you're talking two guys that are just jacked, yep, and and legitimately tough, and with with MMA backgrounds, yeah, that would be something to watch. So, but but one person I knew it was not going to be, actually two people. I'd say it was not going to be. It was not going to be the big show. And as of last night, it was not going to be Christian Cage. That, I don't know what WWE has it, had it in for Christian. Because he, he, he was always treated like the Marty Jannetty of the Edge and Christian tag team. And he, he's he's talented. I've wa- I watched him wrestle at Fort Meade. I think I have a photo with him somewhere. Really? Uh, on hard drive. That um, watched him wrestle. To me, he was a nice enough guy. Other people say he's not a nice human being in person. But when you're traveling, doing all that, 
hard to say. Um, to them, they said multi-year contract, and hopefully he gets the opportunity to wrestle and stays healthy. That'd be good because he was. I thought he was retired for good, and but now he's back. And you got to think, just not even a month and a half ago, he was in the Royal Rumble. So, you know, the Royal Rumble, which his legit best friend won. And so now he's not even there with Edge. But like you said, you know, wish him all the best of luck. You know, and the only other piece of news that I could think of off the top of my head is apparently the WWE is throwing in the towel on the Wednesday Night Wars, and they are moving NXT to Tuesday. And this uh, this is not what we think it is on the surface, that they're throwing in the towel with AEW being their competition on Wednesday nights. This is an adjustment due to the Peacock Network and their partnership with USA being an NBC property. They are going to start putting hockey on the USA Network on Wednesday nights. And yep. Yeah, I did hear NXT that. NXT has nowhere to go. So this may be a move of convenience. But is it going to push either brand over a million views on their given night? Well, here's the kind of ironic thing is um, they won't be competing against AEW anymore, but they will be competing against Impact. Well, competing in... Impact, like we discussed on the Tuesday night shows we were doing, neither one of us knew what channel Impact Wrestling was on. Yeah, I had to, I actually had to do a Google search to find it. And outside of maybe their champion and the Good Brothers, can you name five other current Impact Wrestling stars? Uh, Wildcat Chris Harris. Nope. Former. That's a former star. That's not a current star. Um, are you sure? No, because I haven't been watching that product. But I'm well, the reason sure. the reason I named him right away is because he is a product of the NWF, and he occasionally still does uh, shows for them. He does shows for them, but he has not wrestled in Impact Wrestling in many years. Okay, there was. Um, okay, they still advertise it. That's, uh, well, that, that's what you do when you know you're uh, an indie show. Um, not only that, but the entrance music they have is all sorts of copyright violations. But allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but the uh, it, it's hard with Impact. You got Rich Swan, who is their current champion. I guess Trey Miguel was one of the rascals. Um, there's a few Indian wrestlers. The female division has always been good with uh, Rosemary ODB. 
that's one thing Impact Wrestling has always gotten right. And the only time I watch Impact Wrestling is when I heard Scott Steiner came back and he did a partnership with Jordan Grace. Uh, well, the only thing that I wish they would change, you know, I wish they would call it, you know, the women's division, not, oh, the knockouts. Yeah, because, of, like, they're trying to copy the divas. Well, even WWE finally moved away from calling them divas because that gives the wrong connotation. That makes it sound like they're just out there for looks. They're not out there to wrestle. Because you know yourself, these women, they can flat out go, and they are every bit as brutal as the men, and sometimes even more so. Well, much like the pastor who gave the inappropriate sermon on the women's appearance, I heard about that. I was like, oh, really? Really, dude? The the terminology that is used for women's wrestling is still disrespectful. They are still judged um, on their appearance, how they look. And the ones that sell are very attractive. And the ones that are good wrestlers and not respected as much or less. And that is uh, a societal thing that has not completely gone away. You're a girl dad. I'm sure there's nothing about your daughter that you would want judged on her appearance when she's smart and talented and um, she, she has an arc. She needs to further develop her opinion on Karate Kid 3, but (laughs) for for those that have watched the videos, I think they have the same opinion that um, nobody wants to be judged on how they look. Right. It's uh, it's unfortunate. It's um, the different things and you, you see today's news and I I know the the pastor discussion is on multiple of my friends feeds but as I told my son and as I think about myself um, I think when I interview for jobs that my appearance matters it does when you go for a job interview the first thing the interviewer sees is how you look. So do we not think that a wrestling superstar's appearance matters? When it it, it really, I'd say yes and no. As far as, okay, is this person attractive? That, to be honest with you, that's in the beauty's in the eye of the beholder anyway. You know, um, I say that because we have discussed on many occasions how the men all look the same. And they do. There's a certain body type in WWE. Well, that's, and, that's because let's, that's what VKM wants but on the female side 
there are more diverse females. Yeah, because you have Alexa Bliss, who, you know, of course, she calls herself Five Foot of Fury, and then you have Nia Jax, you know, who was a a plus-size model. Big difference between them two. I use the Attitude Era as an example. If you like blondes, there was Trish Stratus. Well, hold on. Blondes with certain features, there were Trish Stratus. Who looked just like Pamela Anderson. Less of a feature, there was Tori Wilson. If you like legs, there was Stacey Keebler. If you liked redheads, there was Lita. If you liked brunettes, there was Ivory and Tori. Obviously, I watched women's wrestling. Um, Victoria, Mickey James. Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Like, all sorts of different body shapes. So, on the women's side, it goes back at least 20 years. Whereas, like, you see Seamus was just on our television screen. He's wearing, what, a fedora? Uh, I, I don't feel like rewinding it. <laughs> whatever hat he's wearing, that makes him different. Braun Strowman's coming out. How many wrestlers have beards like this now? Well, there's all well, I'm thinking that's also um, part of society as well because you see more men with beards right now. Now the shaved head. I mean, now that's you know the shaved head with the beard. Um, not everybody can pull off that look anyway, but it looks like his hairline's kind of receded, you know, to begin with. So, but speaking of Sheamus. Where's Seamus from, Kyle? Seamus is from Ireland. Yes. Which is part of the UK. Well, no, the Republic of Ireland is not part of the UK. Northern Ireland is. There are two two totally separate countries there. So when, when you think of British wrestling, I know we kind of have the same type of sites. Um, I guess history of wrestling, uh, like we talked about privately, wrestling really originated in England, if we think about it. Uh, You know, and when I was looking at all that, I'm kind of wondering, it almost sounds like started in England as part of basically like strongman type stuff. And it just kind of went from there. So, you know, it says to spice up the limited action involved in bodybuilder strongman attractions. Whereas in the, the states, in the colonies, it came out of traveling carnivals. So it almost sounds like it was totally independent. But at the same time, they did have, have – they both had people who crossed over to the other and influenced them. And then they kind of both developed together. So that's what I got from it. But, I mean, I really wish – I need to find, like, a book or a really good site because um, Jim Cornette's never really talked about um, the history of wrestling other than um, in America and Japan. 
And Jim Cornette, I mean, you know, if you want to say who's a wrestling historian, he'd be the first name that comes up. The the thing I first saw when you think of British wrestling is the Greco-Roman legit background. Yes. And as I watched videos on YouTube and, and tried to pull up stuff, because I didn't know where we were going to go with this discussion right away, um, the, the name I'm sure, first name you see, the same I I saw was George Hackenschmidt. Yes. And, and if, and if that, you know wrestling that, history, that is a name that you should recognize. And, and that that was a man who was physically violent, and unlike today where they put on a show, um, he he went through, he mauled, he maimed, and he won the match. Brock Lesnar would be perfect in 1900s British wrestling, as a side note. Yeah. And he would somehow be married to the bearded woman in the carnival. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where to go with that. (laughs) But but the the title at the time was almost like a legit... Professional wrestling was exactly what it sounded. In amateur wrestling, you go to the Olympics, you compete in tournaments, da 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 da. Professional wrestling, you wrestle for real for money, and, and that is what what it was. Whereas the the big difference in American wrestling, and especially today, although it's all the same in pro wrestling now, was showmanship. You want to keep the crowd coming back and give the illusion that you're beatable or to keep them entertained, interested, Honestly, to keep them as paying customers. Well, one of the things I think of when I think British wrestling, and and of course, I mean, we always think about British wrestlers, um, and of course, the British Bulldogs. You know, a lot of times that, that immediately comes to mind. But the first wrestler that I remember watching who was from the UK was exotic Adrian street. And I don't know if you, if you've ever seen any of his matches, you want to talk about just flamboyant. And this was in mid Atlantic. I mean, so this was in, you know, the, the Southeast. I mean, this was in the Carolinas and, um, in parts of Georgia, and he would come in, and um, and he was he was a heel, and he was going against Jimmy Valiant during some of that. Because I mean, I've always stated Jimmy Valiant was my favorite wrestler back then, and just the way Agent Street carried himself. I mean, you, you were like, you know, he 
likes men. And this is back – it was not as acceptable back then. But, of course, he had his valet, Miss Linda, with him. But he's the first one that I remember. And they said, you know, oh, he's from Wales. And I'm listening to him speak, and I'm like, well, how come his accent is, is like he's from England? <laughs> Well, now, I mean, now that I've actually been, you know, because for those who don't know, I, I actually, when I was in the Air Force, my last two bases were both in England, and I was there for six and a half years, loved it, didn't necessarily love the bases I was at, but I loved being in England, and I have traveled to Wales, and I have traveled to Scotland, and Scotland's still my favorite, favorite vacation ever that we've taken. And, you know, as far as, like, not going to, like, amusement parks, but, but I love Scotland, absolutely gorgeous. But when I'm hearing his accent now, if I were to listen to him talk now, I would say, okay, that is a Welsh accent. Because while I was there, I was able to, to kind of pick up on the different accents within uh, the United Kingdom. And... But Adrian Street, I mean, he was the first one. And then he actually turned face because he was at a match against Jimmy Valiant. And Paul Jones and the Assassins actually interfered, and they attacked both of them. So they ended up teaming up. And then you, I find out later on that outside of wrestling, Adrian Street was one of the absolute toughest, like legitimately toughest, wrestlers that was out there. You did not want to start a fight with that man. Well, I think we're almost doing British wrestling a disservice because most of our knowledge base is of British wrestlers who came to America. Right, and, and you're right. I mean, I... I feel like we're doing him a disservice a lot of times. That's why I have kind of looked and being over there. I mean, I was, um, unfortunately I was not able to go into any matches while I was there. It just, I couldn't get, couldn't get off work or, um, for the matches that were even close to me. And I lived about an hour or so away from Norwich. Norwich of course is the home of, um, Paige and her family, you know, the, uh, the Knights, you know, that that was her wrestling name was the Knights. Uh, Ricky Knight was her dad. Uh, Sweet Soraya was her mom, and her uh, two of her brothers wrestle. And have you you've seen the movie uh, Fighting with My Family? Oh, yeah. But um, one of the things of looking through YouTube is British wrestling. Unlike American, it was more territory days. The wide world of sports. There's a a few shows on YouTube. They were, uh, excuse me, World of Sport. Um, may may have been the wide world of sport is the American title that I'm used to. Right. World of Sport was the British show. It was on for many, many years. And that back when there was only three channels on the television, everyone got 
the world of sport wrestling show. So it went on for 20 years as a sports program featuring wrestling. And and, and the wrestling style that they have, um, I think, oddly enough, one of the best representatives of that kind of style nowadays, oddly enough, isn't even British. He's Swiss, and that's Cesaro. With his forearms and uh, the way he does things, but it looks a lot so, more brutal, you know. And I mean, I like it. I would um, almost disagree with Cesaro because Cesaro is more of a WWE product now. I don't think we now seen... I mean, back in the day. I mean, when he was Claudio, when I first saw him. Yeah, when he was Claudio, the way he throws his throws those forearms though, and that's one of the things you'll see from the, the Brits is they're not, a lot of times they're not throwing punches. I mean, they're throwing them forearms because that, you know, the punches were illegal, but forearms were not. So you could throw them forearms all day long. But I I know you, you got Adrian Street. You were on the East Coast. He was more of an East Coast wrestler. Yeah. Um, My first British wrestling experience you can obviously say the British Bulldogs because they were on WWF television when I was a kid, baby, baby kid, first start, starting to watch wrestling. And when they came out and they had Captain Lou at WrestleMania two, or they fought the Hart Foundation and Danny Davis turned heel, or when they started coming to the ring with Matilda and the... Uh, the little bulldog until when they disappeared shortly after what survivor series 88 and then David boy Smith started wrestling on his own. The first British wrestler I can think of was the gentleman, Chris Adams. Yes. And I had read about him quite a bit in all the magazines and and I you know that was, I was able to keep up with what was going on with him down in Texas when he um, he was friends with Devon Eriks and then he turned against Devon Eriks and he was teaming up with Gino Hernandez. But Chris Adams, if you look at his background, he's another legit fighter, and his his style was judo and trainer of Steve Austin. Yep, and he was a trainer of Steve Austin, and they traded wives. So, well, Chris Adams' um, woman left Chris Adams for Steve Austin, and that was his first wife. But Chris Adams started on World of Sport, which most of them did, and came out to world-class championship wrestling the bad breed team with Gino Hernandez. Gosh, the tag team feature, like we could go through tag teams for an entire year by itself. Oh yeah. But goes through like many in world class 
feuds with the Von Erichs, loses a hair match, and kind of, uh, I don't want to say loses his way after Gino dies, but definitely, um, definitely affected by it. I remember when all that was going on, too. Resets, goes to UWF, teams with uh, Terry Taylor, who would eventually become the Red Rooster. Then they feud. That feud goes to WCCW. And, of course, this is all on ESPN, which is how I'm aware of it. And trains wrestlers and and a few, a few that come out of his school, but also appears in the Starcade. Remember the tag team tournament that they did at Starcade? And this would have been right around 1990. He represented England. He did. Norman Smiley. That's right. I forgot Norman Smiley. And this was before Norman Smiley joined the WCW cruiserweight and hardcore divisions and had the big wiggle. But you, the, the first names that we start mentioning are, are legit. Adrian, Adrian Street had a fighting background. Chris Adams, uh, Judica, Norman, Norman Smiley being a small guy, that was someone people didn't mess with either. The British Bulldogs, other than Jacques Rougeau and the roll of quarters, <laughs> um, n- nobody really messed with the Bulldogs. And then when, he, when Jacques Rougeau hit him with the quarters, and knocked out a couple of dynamite's teeth. Then, well, they then they took off out the back door. And, and the next two, because there there's gaps, and this is uh, something that was discussed on other podcasts this week, is the way Vince and American promoters. I only need one English guy. I only need one African American. I only need so many females. And there were only so many spots on a card. And and you hear it now. Looking back, it's obvious. But they're actually openly talking about it now. But the first real feud when I was a grown wrestling fan was Steven Regal and Fit Finley. You're talking and about the, Steve, was, the Stephen Regal that is now William Regal. Right. He was um, Stephen Regal first in WCW and obviously legit. Yes. And he is a, he's a shooter. Family, Fit family, the, an Irish, a Belfast bruiser. Also legit. And they had something of violent most violent matches on WCW television 
in the Monday Night Wars. Like, they were body slamming and DDTing each other on top of car hoods. No, thank you. (laughs) And this is before Steven Regal became the man's man and before Finley got the hornswoggle to make it character. You know, in, in putting Steven or William Regal, putting him in that character, you know, not, to, not that he's not a man's man, don't get me wrong, but the way they had that character, I was like, you know, they had him look like he was a lumberjack from Oregon. It it just and but he still had you know his um, his English accent and it it didn't fit the the audio didn't match the visual. No, and that that's I guess he had medicinal issues and yeah. that was something they were trying to do for him. But it all goes back to the character that Vince wants you to play, maybe not so much what you are. But you look at Steven Regal's impact in the business, I mean, expose Goldberg. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, That's that wasn't what he was going for. He was actually wanting to have a good match, and he was trying to, you know, show you know, trying to try to put Goldberg over by saying, "Look, you know, he can beat tough guys too. It doesn't always have to be a squash match." And they didn't want to see it like that. But Steve Regal in, in our in our '90s generation, the consummate television champion. And would wrestle the time limit draws and remain entertaining as a blue blood. And his tag team with Bobby Eaton when he was the blue bloods and then brought in Dave Taylor, who was another legit British guy. Criminally underrated for the time period. Well, another wrestler, and I I have not seen anything about this guy since then, but this was back, another guy in the Mid-Atlantic uh, days. And apparently Ric Flair actually brought the guy in because he had seen him wrestle uh, at some point. Maybe he was in England or, you know, um, but somehow he saw him and brought him in. And this guy, his name was uh, Steve Casey. And it would know it was not the like the guy who was the brother of Cowboy Scott Casey, or you know it wasn't him. But this guy, I remember, he wrestled Dory Funk Jr. Uh, to a time limit draw, and they put on uh, a great match. And this was right there on Middle Lake TV. He was the first guy I remember seeing do a, a drop kick 
off the top rope, the missile drop kick. And he did some other moves, and eventually he got a TV title shot against Tully Blanchard. Um, and somebody interfered, and I think this, you know, I don't remember who all interfered with that. Now, maybe I may try to actually find that match on the network because it may be one of the, the ones they have on uh, the Mid Atlantic, you know, uh, videos that they have. But after that, you know, I think probably the Bulldogs were the next ones. But right about that time, and this is around uh, about 1986, and you may have actually already come across the story. There was a wrestler named um, Shirley Big Daddy Crabtree, and he was wrestling. Um, I'm going to have to find the guy's name, and I, I was thinking about this today when I was uh, going over my head what we're going to talk about in the episode. But his move uh, was a, ba- a big splash, basically. And when he did the move, when he got up, well, the guy, uh, his opponent, just um, he just laid there, and his face. Um, the King Kong Kirk, that was his name. It was 1987. Well, his face turned a different color than what it, it was supposed to. He said it turned an unhealthy color. They rushed him to a hospital, and he was pronounced dead on arrival. I read about that uh, happening in, like, the Weekly World News of all newspapers. And, of course, when I, I read more about the story today, kayfabe was still a big thing uh, back then. And because kayfabe was worldwide. It wasn't just an American thing. And... Even with Fabe, you know, when they interviewed him, you know, he said, oh, you know, he's a tough, he said something, but it actually devastated him because, you know, first of all, this guy was his friend, and second of all, I mean, and he, you know, he's thinking he killed him. Turns out he actually had a heart condition, and they didn't know it. They, he, uh, King Kong Kirk had actually had six heart attacks previous that they didn't know about that they were able to detect, of course, you know, when they did the autopsy, they found out he had had six heart attacks. But, and after that, when that actually happened, the viewership of wrestling in the UK, that's when it started dropping because of that one incident and that one tragedy, really. And, I think now, it, you know, the viewership has picked back up, obviously. Well, it, it ended up killing the the world of sports show. Yeah. And I'm sure, and, and you know, there are moments on WWE television that end up killing several hundred thousand of members of the audience. And the way cancel culture is today, they could do anything on a Monday or a Friday night and lose a million viewers the following week with a social media comment or 
something the wrestler does on the screen. And that's a shame also, but before we start getting into discussions like that, that losing a wrestler in the ring, obviously being a serious issue, but some of the other wrestlers from that era, uh, Big Daddy's partner was Haystacks, Giant Haystacks. Giant Haystacks, yep. And we knew him in America as Haystacks Calhoun. No, uh, two, two totally different. He actually was called himself Haystacks Calhoun in England. And then he, and he named himself after the Haystacks Calhoun that was in America. The Haystacks Calhoun in America was even bigger than Giant Haystacks. So, but, yeah, same same guy we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I know him in WCW as Loch Ness. Yep. And a shame because the way WCW booked him, he won the worst wrestler of the year. And you're right, that is a shame. To go from one of the most popular in the UK all of a sudden he's called the worst because he was part of the uh, Kevin Sullivan's dungeon, wasn't he? The Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. But, yeah, that that whole skit was awful, and that's a booking thing. And this discussion for our British people, like we said, it really does cheat them because our our ability to watch the the great people we know about from when they made it to America, we may not have seen their best work because we didn't have access to British television the way they do today. But a lot a lot of WWE trainers are British wrestlers. Norman Smiley, Robbie Brookside, Fit Finley, Steve Wade Regal. Barrett. Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett is another one. M- many of the NXT Performance Center, many of their staff started in England. And then we we go, what, our first American introduction to the British fans was Wembley Wembley Stadium in 1992 for SummerSlam. And, you know, that was actually something else I was thinking about was, yeah, the popularity of professional wrestling, sports entertainment over in the UK may have dwindled, but they drew 80,000 fans to Wembley. And granted, I do realize that a lot of that was because of Davy Boy Smith was in the headlining match. But that wasn't the only match. And they knew 
who all the other wrestlers were on that card. They didn't just come to see that one match. They came to see everybody. So it, it was showing like the American wrestling, they were being exposed to it um, over in the UK. The, we have a, a long history when business is down in America that they will do European tours because the European fan is more passionate about the product even in down periods. And that that in itself is an interesting discussion because are are the stars not overexposed like they are here in America? Are because you only get one show a year in your area, are you more willing to pay the expense to see it? I would say in 1992, it was the latter because they only had, you know, well, one show a year. I mean, that was the only show they had had over there in a very long time. And so people were paying the expense to go see it. So they were traveling all the way from, you know, maybe, maybe Northern Scotland all the way down to London. And I don't know if you know where London is, um, like where it's located in England. It ain't exactly in the North. It's pretty far South. And the fans, I mean, they may have been traveling from Wales. They may have come from Northern Ireland and mainland Europe. But they wanted to see it. And then after that, the WWF, they actually started doing a few more tours over there because they've actually put out uh, videos where they were showing some of the matches from um, from other parts of England, from Germany, places like that. But now, I mean, I have friends, you know, still over there, and they are, you know, pretty big wrestling fans. Um, one in particular, he went to my church over there, um, this kid named Will, uh, don't want to give his last name, but he's, uh, I have to look at his Facebook. He's probably about 25, 26 now. And he's a big dude. I mean, I've even at, I mean, he's about six, four, six, five, and I'm probably about two fifty. And I actually mentioned to him, I was like, well, won't you be a wrestler? He's like, no, mate, not interested. He said, I like watching it, but that's about it. You know, but, yeah, I mean, and it is a lot. I mean, just like it's different, uh, you know, over here on this side of the pond. I mean, it's the same over there because they are getting more of our product, in, and they're getting NXT UK. Glad you traveled in that direction because I know Impact Wrestling, TNA, before it got bought out by the Anthem Group, TNA solely existed on the money that was brought in from English television tapings for almost a year. Wow. And and TNA in America, you couldn't get, because I went to TNA cards, they came to my town, and you would get 500 people for a TNA card in my town. And I'm guessing that of... 
out of a place that would seat probably 5,000. And with that, you go to England and they sell out. Sitting on their hands, fans, like lively aware fans. Very lively aware. And so I think NXT in the UK, although an entertaining show, um, is not helping British wrestling. I don't think it's hurting, but it, you're right. I mean, it probably is not contributing as much as what they would like to the British wrestling, much as it's still kind of helping more the WWE. It, you know, that makes sense? Right. So there, there's a few... Um, World of Sport Wrestling, and what I watch, um, Insane Championship Wrestling, which is in Glasgow, Scotland, ICW, and that is somewhere where Drew McIntyre wrestled, um, Noam Dar currently wrestles, and someone who's quite entertaining at least in England and in that area. Grado. Have you pulled up a Grado entrance video? I haven't. I should probably do that. Not you, right you now. But... <laughs> you should do that uh, because he comes out to a remix version of Madonna's Like a Prayer. Oh, do I really want to watch that? You do. Because, <laughs> the, like, almost every member of the crowd sings along to it. Is he English or Scottish? He is um, from Stevenson in the UK. That's, um, that, that sounds English rather than Scottish. He, uh, they call him Grado. He was on a documentary series and basically trying to become a wrestler and was the CC of the wrestling program, if you remember him from Tough Enough. Oh, I found him, and he's Scottish. Stephen Stun, North Ayrshire in Scotland. Well, that's what I did try to say. I thought you said Stephen's son. Yeah, Stephen's stun. But if you were throwing the North Ayrshire in there, oh, I would definitely say, oh, yeah, that's Scotland. In fact, that is, um, the Ayrshire district is where my lineage comes from. So ICW is probably one of the best shows you can definitely watch on YouTube and different things. They have um, the coffees. Coffee Brothers come from there. Wolfgang came from there. Um, they just had a wrestler who passed. Um, what was his name? Um, from Scotland. He had committed suicide, and that was it. Was sad, but um, 
two beautiful backstage interviewers, and that's probably why they get so much attention on YouTube. You'd have to look it up to see what I'm saying there. Okay. And Mick Foley's done time out there. Uh, and Jeff Jarrett's come out as a special guest. There's quite a few big-name American wrestlers who have went out for different events. And it, the crowd reacts to, to these guys like, like you wish they would in America. I'm still looking for that name, and I, I can't find it. G-R-A-D-O. Oh, yeah, I found him. I was looking for the one who you said, unfortunately, um, who took his own life. Lionheart. Lionheart. Oh, it was, that was Lionheart. Ended up t- so uh, a lot of um, a lot of wrestlers knew him. He was a very big name out out there. And in I guess ICW, this might be an ICW thing. They are very creative with wrestler interests. If that makes sense. It does. I mean, every, um, you know, every organization kind of has something that it's like their niche and then whether it was by design or not, it just happened to be, they're just really good at it. So they, they have, um, a few wrestlers who do parody songs during their ring entrances. Grado is the, like a prayer guy and he's made Bleacher Report and gone gone viral for a few of his entrances. There, there's a possibility I may have actually seen him. And, um, I, when, whenever I check out the video, I'll know for sure. One of the wrestlers obviously becoming more aware of British wrestling, uh, UK wrestling, when Lionheart passed, it was June of 2019. Um, he was an unfortunate suicide and was the ICW heavyweight champion at the time. And they they did uh, quite a tribute for him. Uh, I know that was that was on many American web pages. But I found him. Yeah, Lionheart. Yeah, Adrian McCallum. And and another one you can't you can't go without mentioning for UK wrestling. Probably someone who should should have got a better a better shot than he did was Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. 
and this was the this was a health issue. But if you remember the early two thousands, there were four days on the independent circuit with Brian Danielson, who became Daniel Bryan, being one. CM Punk, Samoa Joe being two and three. Nigel McGinnis was number four, and they all should have been stars. And I'm reading about Nigel McGinnis, and one of the places he wrestled was um, when he was coming up in the Indies was the Heartland Wrestling Association, which is what was located in Cincinnati, and he won their heavyweight championship in a town about 10 miles away from here, in Batavia, Ohio. Nigel McGinnis wrestled in Ring of Honor back when mm-hmm. they were they were fighting to be the number two promotion. And the man was the heavyweight champion for 545 days. Wow. Lost to CM Punk during the summer of Punk. And I'm looking at a picture of um, it, well, with him, and it has him, Robert Roode, AJ Styles, and James Storm. Wow, they look young. And, and the one thing about Nigel McGinnis is his career got shortened. It was uh, hepatitis, right? He, that's that's blood- what I'm trying to find. Uh, go ahead. And where he got injured and ruptured a bicep, something like that, and didn't pass the WWE physical. And then is working his way back and finds out he has hepatitis and cannot wrestle he cannot be licensed in any state. Yep, 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 be. And the the one thing, if you saw Nigel McGinnis, he was Desmond Wolf in TNA Wrestling. His matches with Kurt Angle in 2009 were some of the best things that came on TNA television. that was someone we got to see wrestle in my town um, when TNA was doing touring. And it it makes you see that. um, And I know they've restructured and redone the British wrestling scene. And maybe it's more able to over there. But you have NXT UK and now you and then you have the other promotions yeah which um, Paige's family they still run wrestling shows up in Norwich and from what I can tell if they had 500 people at one of their shows that would actually be more than what they're used to having but they enjoy it Um, her brother actually does train wrestlers, including 
a blind kid. He actually taught a blind kid how to wrestle, which to me is amazing. But when we talk about, well, when we talk about the way the wrestling is now in the UK and the way it's organized, one of the things that kind of caught me off guard when I was looking at the history of it, they actually had an organization very much like the National Wrestling Alliance in the U.S., and it was called Joint Promotions. And the way it was described was it was like a cartel very similar to the National Wrestling Alliance. But they suffered from, well, England itself is about the size of Utah. So if they were going to have like territories, though, similar to the U.S., they, I don't think they would have been able to pull that off, but they did have like local uh, champions. Thing that to the point where they had too many. It's at one point they had something like forty um, championship titles, and so they were getting kind of carried away because I don't even think in the territory days during the NWA, they I don't even think there was forty titles you could name there. You know, maybe yeah, you know, if you had ten territories, four titles apiece, yeah, but. But you think about how big the U.S. is, you know, land-wise, area-wise. You could do that and get away with it. I don't think you could really do that, you know, with a lot smaller area. You know, and if you were to combine, you take all of England and Wales and Scotland, you know, which is, you know, the uh, basically that's Great Britain, you know, part right there. That's still only like Utah and Colorado together. Or maybe Utah and like Montana together. I think what's uh, a common issue that we kind of mentioned in other shows is there's there was an oversaturation of titles. Yes. And the title, it's a championship. Yes. But in its own way, it's a prop. which I don't like how it's become like that. Doesn't matter where it's at, here, England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. But so you you have that and then you have the I don't want to say corruption, that may not be the right word. There there are issues and limitations when you have an organization. I mean, we see it with WWE now that it's not in the best interest of of the promotion. Right. And I agree with you. Maybe corruption is not um, the correct term. I mean, it, it is when it gets political. Um, and you do have sometimes maybe it's due to ego because Vince McMahon I mean he likes having control of his company I get that but at the same time he needs to actually take in the opinions of others uh, especially when he's been, he's actually been proven wrong on a number of occasions so it sounds like they in the UK they kind of suffered uh, from the same thing 
you know, the promoters they are. Have, they don't have a direct Vince McMahon that, that you read about or know of, but they definitely. If you don't give the fans what they want, people stop watching. They stop supporting the product. Right. The fans want to be entertained. If Whether they're watching on TV, whether they're watching it live, whether it's a pay-per-view, whether it's like the normal Raw, SmackDown, uh, Impact, NXT UK, World of Sport, whatever. If it's not entertaining, they're not going to watch or they're going to stop watching. So when I see ICW, their show is entertaining and the fans, the way they respond, they seem to they seem to be getting booking dominantly right. It's an interesting comparison between ICW and NXT UK. So one of the things NXT UK is on the on the network. Moving mm-hmm. to what the Peacock Chant Network on March 18th. Okay, I, was, I, I couldn't remember the exact day, and I'm very curious about how that's all going to work. You know, if I pull up the WWE app, is it going to automatically redirect me to Peacock? And I have the Peacock app downloaded. But am I going to be able to use my same WWE Network credentials to log in? No idea, man. Yeah, that's going to be something interesting, and I think they should have waited until after WrestleMania to, to do all this. But, and so, go ahead. Take the NXT UK brand. And one thing you see immediately, Walter is a British wrestler who has been booked dominantly. And the man's about to go on two years of being the NXT UK champion. So whoever beats him is going to be a UK star. Because when do you ever have anyone holding a title for, well, yeah, it's, I'm looking at right now, 702 days so far. And now one thing I don't agree with how they did it, he won the title in New York. Last time I checked, New York is not part of the UK. But like you said, they treat it like a prop, so... He won it in the New York because they were trying to bring Walter to America. 
And he said, uh-uh, I don't want to go. Whereas Pete Dunn did. What's funny is Walter's not even, um, he's not even English or British, you know. Uh, he's actually Austrian. So European. And, but, he's wrestling uh, in, and he's wrestling in the UK as part of NXT UK, so that counts. This is our, this is Monica Kyle's rules. We rule. And female-wise, their women's champion is Kaylee Ray, and she is fantastic. She's held her belt now for 554 days. Oh, and she's Welsh. Actually, no, she's she's Scottish. She's Scottish. Belt in in Cardiff, in Wales. I've been to Cardiff. Feels a nice city. So she uh, she is fantastic. She did time in TNA. She did some WWE work. Went to World of Sport. Now she's in NXT UK. And you can't overlook. Um, Kaylee Ray being one Tony Storm who just came to NXT in, in America um, another one who did years in British wrestling wrestled all over yeah, she'd, be, she'd be Tony Storm in NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff now, Tony Storm is a New Zealand wrestler, Australian, but she she made a name for herself in on the British wrestling scene, and her and Rhea Ripley both traveled the world, but. Tony Storm on the UK, NXT UK brand was quite impressive. Rhea Ripley did many, many years in Britain, also wrestling, also did time on the NXT UK brand, came to America, should be debuting on the roster soon. But I'll throw a couple names at you here uh, who are not in the WWE system. They're in New Japan. Um, first one, Will Ospreay. Know the name. Um, wrestled Vader. Remember, um, he might actually be... Vader's last match in professional wrestling. Uh, maybe that's why I know the name. Um, high Flyer uh, and a Matt Wrestler. And, and now he's wrestling in the New Japan The other one, oh, he's ground-based, and 
might be the next breakout star, um, Zach Sabre Jr. Are you familiar with him? No. Um, don't know that one. Let me look. Um, so he, he's out of the Isle of Sheppe in the United uh, yeah. Kingdom. Yep, in Kent. Yep. And working his way up, junior heavyweight, um, won the New Japan Cup. A few, um, few matches. The matches that are available on him are really good. So this is where you could probably spend a hundred dollars a month on wrestling subscriptions <laughs> to watch uh, yeah. all these. Guys. And if I started spending all that kind of money, more you know, more than just the network, a couple other things. Yeah, I think I would, um, you know, I'd have to make sure that my wife went to sleep before I did because if I went to sleep before her, yeah, she'd punch me in the face, you know, when I, when I slept. Now, one, one downside to British wrestling, because you almost have to break out into promotions and, and wrestlers. Um, you can't, bring up British wrestling right now without discussing the speaking out movement because they were tremendously affected. Many, many wrestlers are currently suspended or being reevaluated based on their actions. Really? That may have been legal, but are perceived in a way, again, cancel culture that has shut shut them out. And one name that comes up from British wrestling, um, Marty Scroll. Marty Scroll, Marty Scroll. So he is from Littleport in the United Kingdom. And he really huh. Really, he early early thirties. If this had not come out, this man would be a main main eventer in America right now. But he's got some baggage because of this movement. He came out as the Penguin. Remember from the Batman comics. Led villain enterprises was a member of the of the elite of the Bullet Club. Uh, reading about it right now, it doesn't it doesn't say a lot, but um, it says he was accused by a woman of sexually abusing her five years prior, when she was 16 years old and intoxicated. He said he admitted it took place, but insisted it was consensual. Um, and, it was legal. and it was legal in the UK, I will say that, because that is the age of consent over there. Um, and you can drink at 18. Many, and not to disrespect the speaking out movement, but 
there are many, many wrestlers who are doing the time for crimes or the perception of crimes that they have been accused of and are currently blackballed from the industry because of it. I'm still, when it comes to the speaking out movement, now I will say, yes, if someone has done something, you know, something like that, and I'm not going to say if a man has done something like that, because guess what? Women can be guilty of things like this too. And it comes out. Um, and if the allegations are true, then yes, they should be dealt with. Now, the cancel culture, I think that I think people are taking it a little bit too far, especially when some of the people who are doing it are also being kind of hypocritical about it because they're looking at one person and they're saying, yes, cancel them. But then they turn a blind eye to someone who just happens to have the same beliefs they do. And some people actually – Unfortunately, you also have cases of false charges. I'm not saying this is one way or another, but the, uh, those things do happen. And when they do, when the false accusations do happen, it takes away the credibility of the ones that are not false, where somebody actually was violated and it's screwed them up. And now people are questioning them because you have somebody else over here who is, you know, just have. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it, they had next morning regret, and now they're. You know, they're saying, oh, oh, I was violated. No, this other person over here was violated. You weren't. And now like, you just hurt them even more. When you, um, when you see this speaking out movement, because we're coming up, it's nine months since that happened. Right. You know, the only place they truly investigated that and the claims was in the British government. And I can believe it. Parliamentary actually did an investigation uh, on that. And maybe it'll legitimize some of the claims, but there there's 70 wrestlers and 100 incidents. And quite a few. Huh? Holy crap. 70. 70. And you go back quite quite a bit um, with with a few with a few things there, and immediate action was taken uh, based on the claims. And for some, th- this may cost them their livelihood because you can see both sides and if I had a daughter which I do not and she told me of a of an incident I wouldn't have any reason not to believe her so um, 
it, it's the struggle that I can I can say something and there's an action taken and there's no way to defend yourself or who who is the decider of the punishments these people receive so yeah, and, and, that, and that's it too you know it doesn't seem like that's consistent except for something like, well just cancel them and i think every situation is different and i'll just leave it at that So quite a few, quite a few names, um, and obviously some of these guys. It's hard to tell with the COVID lockdowns if they're still suspended or locked out. But Marty Scroll was someone who had a had a job in New Japan and was removed because people found out he was going to wrestle there. Joey Ryan, American wrestler, but... Mm-hmm. Not a fan. His, but... his gimmick is that of being a creep. Yeah, I am, and, not, I am not a fan of Joey Ryan at all. But someone someone you mentioned, uh, Sweet Soraya, she, she got accused as a female, and Shut down she did. Twitter accounts That's and right, she did. retires. So it's definitely affected British wrestling. There's quite a few names on the British wrestling scene that have been accused of that. I am reading some of them right now. Um, I didn't realize that's why Jack Gallagher was no longer in the WWE. Um. There's another one, Wolfgang, accused of emotional abuse and taking pictures of schoolgirls. Oh, that's nice. Um, a couple of NXT UK referees. Um, Mikey Whiplash, not Whipwreck, but Mikey Whiplash. He's um, part of the UK scene. Uh, Jim Cornette, <laughs> but that's another... Yeah, Jim Cornette and his wife are accused of something. Yeah, you don't have to read them all, but right, it's definitely affected British wrestling. A lot of females have come out from the British wrestling scene and shared stories of some of what was shared is horrific. But many opportunities, um, based on our first start, I'd like to see how the British listening base, uh, where they'd want us to pursue this discussion and maybe some matches that we should watch and discuss, some wrestlers maybe we didn't cover, um, that we don't see or have access to based on what we currently have. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. In fact, I was even thinking that I could go on my personal Facebook and I could actually share 
link for this to some of them because the ones who are listening, they haven't actually made – they haven't announced who they are. But I know I have some of my friends in the UK uh, who, of course, who I still keep up with them, and I know they are wrestling fans because there's been a couple of times that I've posted something about wrestling, and then they'll actually respond. They'll comment. So I know they watch it. Now, because of the time difference, I was honestly not expecting anyone to listen live tonight because there's a five-hour time difference between our, you know, our time zone and uh, the UK. Yeah, they're they're Greenwich Mean Time, dude. They're Zulu time. How you like that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, except for daylight savings time, now that that becomes tricky sometimes, but. Yeah, I would love to get, you know, feedback from anyone in the UK and Ireland and and one of the things that I wanted to mention while it was happening, while we were talking about this subject, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus were putting on a pretty brutal match. I don't know if you still have the program on or not, but uh they had a no disqualification match. I mean, and it was getting pretty brutal. The match ended, and I think this is a work, but it looked pretty bad. They both had picked up ring steps, and they ran towards each other, and the ring steps hit each other, and one of them came back and kind of hit Sheamus in the head, and the referee came down and kind of stopped the match, and he was just waving and saying, yeah, we need people down here. But the reason I think it's a work is because he never threw up the X. And you know what I'm talking about, the X, right? Yeah, they they were hurt, and yeah, it's just a big push to push the extension to Fastlane. What you think with the what they did? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because they they kept showing the replay over and over and over and over again. Then they went to a commercial break, and then they came back, and then they started showing the replay again over and over and I'm like this has got to be a work and and this is this is poor booking uh, our poor promotion of a television product if he was really hurt they wouldn't have showed it over and over right unless they're W absolutely agree did vicious his legs now yeah nobody, nobody wants to see that um, real injuries they don't show, and for whatever reason, they replay events over and over. And th- this is why the ratings continue to decline. And uh, honestly, all, all those SmackDowns gotten a lot better. The reason why SmackDown's gotten a whole lot better is because they're on a regular network. Uh, regular network. Yeah. I I don't know. It, I I think you need quality control in wrestling if you're going to do storylines the way you do. And unfortunately, um, Vince, something's going to have to happen to Vince because they're writing towards a 80-year-old man's sense of humor. And it's less and less watchable. 
Although so, I do I do think they're kind of pushing towards a Braun Strowman Shane McMahon match. Oh. Uh, and, and, they would they would never use Braun correctly, but anyway, they're going to go through. He's about to flip the vehicle. Oh no! Uh, they took off. He may go flip another vehicle, but not that one. So, it, it's it's a hard thing. Imagine the NXT that we watch the the world of sport the. ICW is a different show, and, and maybe it, you know it is different writing a weekly product. AEW, I mean, they blew it with their exploding barbed wire death match last night. I haven't seen the video, um, but I heard that the card itself was actually. Not that bad. Uh, some people were saying uh, that Christian being the mystery person was kind of a letdown. But, you know, they said they, the exploding barbed wire death match, um, which makes me think, are they trying to be like the second coming of ECW? But, and then obviously the last illusion that was supposed to just blow up the ring kind of went poof. Yeah, it it was pretty much the Gilbert <laughs> scenario, <laughs> and there, you you look at all companies. There's a lot of booking decisions in AEW that you make make you shake your head. But it, it's able to lose lose money. Obviously, for John Moxley, he's about to be a dad. So, good luck for him. And Cody, same thing will happen to him here shortly because um, Brandy's pregnant as well. That's true. But. It's there's nothing that's going to happen tonight on Raw that's going to make you want to watch next Monday. Probably not. Uh, last Monday with Bobby Lashley uh, winning, and I mean he was he was smacking Miz around, and even after the match he started smacking him around even more. I wanted to see how that was going to play out this week. You know, and like I said, I mean, I like I like Bobby Lashley, um, and I think they did the right thing when they put him with MVP. MVP is the mouthpiece. I think MVP needs to be the manager. He needs to stay out of the ring. He needs to be, you know, kind of like the J.J. Dillon was to the Four Horsemen. You know, and I think MVP he's great in that role. But but well, there's talk that they're going to put a woman. In the stable, and and that may be interesting. They've never had a uh, official stable that has three males, one female, and then a mouthpiece. Um, I will throw up the Dangerous Alliance 
Oh, WWE. Okay. Okay. But you're right with the Dangerous Alliance, even though Medusa never wrestled. She never wrestled, but I mean, because there was no other women in the company. But, you know, and kind of mentioned Ireland a little bit. And like I said, I just mentioned Seamus. Um, Seamus and Drew McIntyre, Ireland and Scotland. And I just got to tell the story real quick. When I was stationed over in England, I worked with a guy, um, and, you know, he's American, but his first and last names both were very Irish. And, of course, that's, you know, his lineage was coming from Ireland. We had another guy in our squadron who was originally from Scotland, and he had went to the States at some point, um, became an American citizen, and joined the Air Force, and then, of course, was stationed back in England because that's what you do if you go from one country to America. You try to get stationed back in the country you're from. But there was uh, these two guys plus two other guys. Before them, they did a charity bicycle ride from Land's End to John O'Groats. And if you want to know how far of a bike ride that is, oh, my. Land's End is on the most southwest tip of England. John O'Groats is the most northeast tip of Scotland. So it took them about two weeks to make this ride. And they had a, a vehicle. They had someone else driving a vehicle with, like, extra bikes, parts, you know, things like that. You know, that was uh, following them. But when they got up into Scotland, the actual Scotsman who was with them told my uh, co-worker, look, when we stop in pubs and things like that, do not tell them your name. Because this guy knew there were certain parts of Scotland that were not very fond of Irishmen. And it didn't matter that he was American. The fact that he was of Irish heritage, they were not going to have it. So he told him, he just warned him, he said this, you know, there's um, some of these areas are just like that, unfortunately. You know, so every time I see Seamus and Andrew McIntyre go at it, and you know, it's weird. That's the first thing I think of is that, you know, they still have some of those old, old feuds between different countries that are still happening, you know, and that it really is um, a shame. It sure is. But um, with British our UK wrestling kind of ending here tonight. What is next week's topic? You know, I have not even thought about it to tell you the truth because my life has just been crazy lately. And let me pull up the list. The list of things that we've said we're going to talk about at some point. Yeah, and I do apologize to you, Kyle, for not being more prepared, you know, with this list. Uh, I do think our our discussion tonight was pretty interesting. Um, 
We've mentioned talking about the top 10 careers outside of wrestling. And next week, we are kind of scheduled to do a top 10 list. What do you think? I can obviously do that. I am not available on Mondays, as I have just messaged you. What text? My wife will um, be celebrating her 11th anniversary of her 29th birthday. Oh, fantastic. So if I participate in a podcast, I will um, not see any more of my own birthdays. So she will punch you in the face when you're asleep. Oh, no. She legitimately shoot or stab me. <laughs> in your sleep? No, while I'm awake. Oh, so um, yeah, so I would see you with like a lead pipe print across your nose? Oh, I got one today. I got punched in training. <laughs> um, I, I dipped instead of the dot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, do you want to push it off till Tuesday, or do you want to just delay I it? I should be able to do Tuesday. Um, so a one-day delay, which we are notifying everyone in advance. Yes, but I did legitimately get hit in training. Um, moving the wrong direction, and I am working on footwork drills and fun stuff because I will start playing football here Sunday, vocally, and yeah, things are about to get busy. Yeah, and my work, uh, I, I texted you earlier, yeah, when you Text me earlier today. Yeah, sorry, I didn't answer you right away because I was on a call then, and as soon as that call ended, I had to leave to get back home in time to get on another call. Um, so, I mean, and that's because we have some stuff, and I don't foresee it interfering with um, with us next Tuesday. Um, but if it does, I will let you know. And but my boss, he's actually pretty cool about usually about if you have something else going on you take care of that but whatever if i do have something i should be done by 8 30 hopefully when we do this top 10 list and i'm going to try and get someone to participate um do we want to say non-acting careers you know because we've already mentioned wrestlers in movies so yeah because, uh, yeah, that way our list is not The Rock. It's not The Rock, John Cena, and and The Miz. Or Hulk Hogan. Or Hulk Hogan. Because, you know, Mr. Nanny, that, that was such a wonderful movie that I've never seen, and I don't want to see it. You have not seen Mr. Nanny? I have not seen Mr. Nanny. I don't want to see Hulk Hogan in a, in a pink tutu. That is a movie that belongs on someone's movie review. Yeah, she won't do it, I can tell you that right now. Indubitably. Indubitably? And while while we're talking about that, a shout-out to Pepe Le Pew, who joined the list of items that are now so offensive, we will not see them on our screens anymore. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. We say no politics. And so <laughs> I've just seen that we have lost 
um, Pepe Le Pew. Uh, and that's a shame. So, but uh, eventually these people are going to get to 1980s wrestling, see the Reverend Slick, and oh. not not just Slick. They're going to see George Gray in his role as Akeem, the African Dream. So the the amount of questionable segments that came out of WWF. Uh. Wow. But in the meantime, we do want to thank all of our fans, all of our listener base, and this week, especially those in the United Kingdom and Ireland, both Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. And just a real quick trivia question for you, Kyle. The flag of the United Kingdom there are three crosses on there. Can you name what those three crosses are? Um, Without the Googling? So the Union, the Union Jack. You're talking about the Union Jack, and there's – so are you saying the White Cross and the Red Cross are – well, I mean, we would say the the white cross, more or less, is, is well, we would say it's an X. Um, okay. But, and there, there's so, also a, a little thin red X as well. Those are all re- religious-themed. It's um, – I, my son knows geography better than I do. Um, oh, my gosh. The famous saint of my people is St. Andrew. Am I close? You are spot on for one of them. What is Which part of the world does St. Andrew represent? And actually, that was the one I was hoping you'd get because I figured you'd like that. And then you said your son, you know, he would know it. Well, of course he would. So St. Andrew is the cross of my people are the person of my people because uh, Ancestry.com says I am dominantly Scottish. Yep. And now, can you name, I, name the other two? Yeah, good luck. Uh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> the other two, and this is actually something that, that I will admit I did not know, my wife did not know until we actually moved there because we're thinking the flag that is England was that one, the Union Jack. And we were wrong. The Union Jack actually has three of the four countries that are part of the United Kingdom represented on that one flag. The only country that's not on there is Wales. Um, if they would represent all four countries, you'd have a dragon, a red dragon, probably dead smack center. But the other two crosses, the first one would be the red cross with like with a white background. Um, but that is the cross of St. George. That is the actual English flag. The last one is the kind of a thin red X that runs from, you know, um, corners, corner to corner. That is the cross of St. Patrick. And, of course, St. Patrick represents Northern Ireland. And there you go, Kyle. That is your UK trivia. And, of course, the Scottish, the blue background, that is the cross of St. Andrew. 
that that is uh the interesting fact. Yep, and since you are uh like you said predominantly Scottish, um my heritage is um well my last name is Scottish. The area of North Carolina that I uh, was born in and lived in for 15 years. It has a very, very big Scottish influence. You can tell that by the names of the towns like Aberdeen, Pinehurst, um, things like that. And the fact that golf was invented in Scotland around St. Andrews. St. Andrews golf course is the oldest golf course in the world. And Pinehurst, North Carolina at uh, one point was called the golf capital of the world, and there's still just a ridiculous amount of golf courses in that area. Yep. So, but that is part of the, um, like I said, the UK trivia uh, for this week and probably ever. If I can ever think of another UK question, I'll throw it your way, but, but maybe some of our listeners can throw some questions our way. So, Next week, top 10 careers outside of wrestling. And just give some shout-outs. There's a lot of wrestlers we didn't mention, like Finn Balor. We did not mention Becky Lynch, both coming from Ireland. And we didn't even mention um, the late Lord Alfred Hayes. He's a very famous wrestler from England. And uh, there's so many more that, that we missed. Like the, this was a introductory discussion to British wrestling, and we started at the beginning. It kind of does a disservice because you can't talk about British wrestling in an hour or, or two hours. Two hours. <laughs> I mean, there's there's just so much. So maybe we can continue this, you know, another day. Maybe we can very specific wrestlers, but. I think that would be a way to go, but we'll see. So next week, and um, as we close, we have learned things this week about certain friends of ours that um, are shocking and almost disappointing to to know that we – we are long-term, 20, 20-year friends with people and didn't know what they were going through till after they went through it. So still going through COVID over here. Um, still every restriction in the book in my state. Jeez. Well, you so, are in the, in the Democratic People's Republic of Maryland, so. And you got political at the end. I sure did. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Trying to avoid it, but, you know, just the way the world is nowadays, so, you know, but that's that's the last thing I'll say. Um, don't forget to check on your friends. Um, see see how they're doing. Um, you and I have both had COVID now. We have. So how lucky we not are. The, not the most fun fraternity to have joined. Um, I know my son, he, the things he deals with as a employee in a grocery store is unbelievable. So yeah, yeah I can imagine. Check on your people. 
um, don't smoke at gas pumps and don't don't yell at people that work in the service industries because they're just trying to do a job. They're dealing with an unbelievable amount of stuff. Yep, and don't text while you drive, especially on the interstate going going 80 miles an hour because the law of matter says two objects of matter cannot occupy the same space, and that includes if you're going 75 miles an hour. So that is my soapbox about that. I see it every morning. But anyway, until next week, Kyle, we'll definitely stay in touch. Until, until next Tuesday, remember, folks, next Tuesday, not Monday, because Kyle's wife is celebrating her birthday, and so we always say family takes precedence. Hold on. Anniversary. Anniversary. My bad. Of her birthday. Her anniversary of her birthday. So until next Tuesday, Kyle, like I said, we will stay in touch, and I will bid you a, a fond farewell. God bless, my friend. All right. Take care, man.